Hi, it's Lily Ferguson, and you're listening to WMUA 91.1 FM Amherst, the official radio network of UMass women's basketball. Welcome to the WMUA studio here in Amherst, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Jacob Munch, today alongside Andrew White for the latest episode of the UMass Women's Basketball Show. We've taken a couple weeks off because the season has ended. There's been a lot less action, but we figured we'd rejoin today to talk about everything that's been happening, Minute Women Hoops, here on the official radio network of UMass Women's Basketball. There's been a lot of movement, Andrew. This team does not look anything what they looked like one month ago, five weeks ago. So first things first, we can start with the roster, Andrew, and how this team has changed personnel-wise. Well, it's going to be a very interesting next couple months as the rest of the roster you know, kind of comes to fruition. But it really, it's ground zero for Coach Leffler. It's, yeah. it's, you got three returners, three freshmen incoming, and as we stand right now, three transfers that have officially committed to the school, along with two coaches as we've lost Lynn Ann Kukoski to Bryant as she will head the Bulldogs as it's her alma mater. It's yep. Huge congratulations to her. She's yes. a wonderful coach, and she's going to do great things there. Sad to see her go. Yeah, she's also super deserving of that position. Like She's been working real hard for a while, and she was – I think at times maybe a little like overshadowed by the fact that like Mike was technically the associate head coach the last couple of years, but Lynn Ann Kukowski certainly deserves the head coaching role, and she loves Bryant so much. Like it was evident that is her home. Anytime Bryant came up, she spoke just so glowingly about it. But also her energy is so positive and incredible, and just a huge congratulations to her because I think she is going to crush it and. I think she is going to be a great fit there. She's got huge fills, sh- huge shoes to fill at Bryant, but her positive energy, I think, is just going to bring a huge spark to that program. So, congratulations to her. Yeah, you're right. And she had, she's coming in after a coach. I forget her name, but a very long tenure there. So, yeah. a lot, like you said, big shoes to fill. She's going to do a great job, and just one of the many pieces that we've lost, aside from Sam and Destiny graduating, which is obviously inevitable. Sid has transferred to Louisville, yeah, which is probably the highlight of the transfers, which is really cool to see because Louisville is going to be a top 15 program. Haley Van Lith transferred away to LSU in a Kevin Durant-esque move. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still going to be a very good team with a very good crowd. She deserves every little bit of it. And that's the same thing goes for all the transfers. Angelique Galicolandi over to Missouri. Uh, Brenaya Mayo to St. John's, and I'm missing one. Am I missing one right now? As of right now, I believe that's all we know. It's Taylor Galicolandi and Mayo. Right, and McKenna White has not committed anywhere, took a visit to Pitt as she posted on her story, a picture with former UMass head coach, Coach Verdi. But they really do all deserve to be playing Power 5 basketball. It's going to be cool seeing Sid and Brenaya going up against UConn this year. Louisville yep. announced yep. that they're playing the Huskies and Big East play for St. John's. It's going to be really cool. 
and Galakulondi is going to have to go up against Camila Cardosa in South Carolina. Like, it's big jumps for them, but I'm really excited for all three of them. It's obviously very disappointing from a UMass perspective that they won't still be here, but I think Mizzou is a great spot for Galakulondi in terms of roster construction. They didn't have a ton of great bigs this year. They were really powered by their guards. They had the two Haley's who were good, Haley Frank and Haley uh, Trump. Tramp, something like that. I'm sorry. I messed up her <laughs> name. But, uh, yeah, I think Mizzou's a sneaky team. They made a decent run in the WNIT, uh, won a game or two there. And I think Alicolondi will get minutes, which is important. I feel very confident Sydney Taylor will get minutes because that's the type of talent she is. And Jeff Wall is the Louisville Cardinal coach. I think he's fantastic. He's very defensive-minded. Yes, that team will have to readjust a little bit with no Van Lith, but I think he's the right guy to help them out there. Also, Robin uh, Trington at Mizzou is excellent. Their head coach, she's been there for forever. So I think those two are in really big spot, good spots. And I think Mayo is going to crush St. John's. And being in New York City, I think that'll be a good fit for her as well. Um, a little closer to home. The competition level will rise, but she'll rise her play with it. I'm not worried there. Yeah, they're all great players. Going to be really fun to just watch them play at, at the highest level yeah. of college basketball. And you know, as we can turn to who we have now, mm. or remaining, I guess. So Lily Ferguson, Steph Kuleja, and Kristen Williams, we know. Three returners, and we're pr- I, as of right now, I think we're good. I think they are going to stay. Yes. And yep, I think yep. it's a great decision because there's so much roster turnover. All three players didn't really get too many minutes left last year. Kuleja got a lot a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity for them to really show what they can do. And for the freshmen as well, the names are uh, Battle, Dallas Pierce, and um, the last one, Jacob. Ooh, I'm putting me on the spot here. Um, we'll we'll Google it and get back to you. But uh, yeah, no, I think for the three returnees, Ferguson, Kuleja, and Williams, they're really helped out by the fact they can get, just keep doing their thing. Like I saw, I was walking past the Champs Practice Center a couple weeks ago, and they were having a team workout. All three of them. Like, they get a lot more individual time with the training staff, with the strength and conditioning staff, with the coaches themselves. And I think, and their access to facilities is all still right there for them. They don't have to battle for court time or whatever. And so I think that's really helpful for them. I think Kuleja may end up battling for a starting spot, depending on how transfers shake out. Something when you look at Kuleja Williams and Ferguson. They're all guards. They're all not very big. So that's something to keep an eye on is they'll be battling for the most part for the same positions and the same playing time. UMass still has to find more bigs because right now their roster has very little height on it. And we'll discuss later on a little bit the new players that are coming in. But I think For Williams, Ferguson, and Kulesha, they have a great opportunity to, one, be leaders, two, to show they know the coaching staff in the playbook, and three, to take more veteran roles and try to win out a spot. Yeah, and it's the perfect opportunity because, and that's, you assume that had to have been a conversation between them and Coach Leffler. It's like you could leave, but you have this beautiful opportunity in front of you where you are the ones that have been in the program for at least a year for Kristen and Lily. And Kuleja has an opportunity to be that leader of this team because she knows how the Minute Women have played. 
and the style that they want. Who knows what who knows what Leffler will do? Maybe the maybe the style changes. I assume it's going to stay relatively similar, which he alluded to in his press conference. But it's just a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for transfers. This is a great yeah great facility, great program over the past couple of years. If you're a transfer and you're looking at UMass, it's it really is one of the best opportunities. Yeah, I think you're exactly correct. And by the way, the other incoming freshman is Oda Nigbo, so she'll join Battle and Pierce. And of the three of them, they do have some height, which I think helps. And it's great for them that they're staying because, one, it shows the role Mike had in recruiting them here, that they still want to stay because they all are expected to come to campus come August or whatever. But two, they're going to have an opportunity to compete for starting roles. Like, we knew there'd be some open spots with Sam and Destiny graduating, but now the vast number, I think it puts them in a great opportunity to play significant minutes their freshman year. And if they can prove during the summer workouts, prove during the fall that they're ready, I think that'll put them in a really good spot. Yeah, and you had Dallas Pierce and Aaron Battle playing in an all-star game yesterday together. It was like the Philadelphia metro area all-star game i'm not entirely sure how they played but it's great seeing the umass representation there and dallas pierce and her dad have been pretty active on twitter saying they're very committed to the team very committed to umass and she just posted a workout video for a couple Mm. days ago just like now it's on to umass because i mean that's what's next for her and i'm very excited i think from the stuff I've seen, she's Dallas Pierce specifically, Delaware Player of the Year, has just, she looks really good. Yes. Really polished, and I'm I'm very excited to see what's to come. And that's the exciting thing about this program, Andrew, is the fact that there's so many opportunities. You mentioned, we're not really sure how Mike Leffler might play, how he wants his teams to play. We think it'll be similar to how the team did under Tori Verdi. And in an article by Natalie Heverin in the next hoops Leffler talks about how he plans to run a similar system to what the team has run they still want to work on the wing ball screen offense they want to play fast Um, he does want to incorporate more movement offensively last year in particular in that article Heverin has him saying that the team focused on isolation plays a lot last season and maybe too much of that but they still plan to do mostly man-to-man defense per that article and that conversation with Mike. So I think in terms of play style, if UMass can get the players that can do it, I think they'll be very similar to what they did last year. And I also realize, Andrew, I don't think we got your thoughts of it. So I'm going to ask you, what now that we've had a few weeks to think about it, what what are your thoughts on Mike being the new head coach? Uh, this was the only decision. That could have been made. I feel like any other decision, anyone who follows the women's basketball program would would have rioted to the athletic department if if Leffler hadn't, yeah, if he had not been signed for the head coaching role. He really is just the best person in the world. He he, and he's been at it for so long. And seeing just the raw emotion during his press conference was almost bringing me to tears. Oh, 100 percent. There's 20 years in the game as an assistant coach at various places and various levels. And he also, he started his kind of women's basketball career. He was a practice player at Boston College. Mm -hmm. So he's been within women's basketball for so, so long. And just a feeling of relief he must have had when he got that, (laughs) when he signed that contract must have just been great. And I think it's going to set up for 
a great situation for him because he gets to build the roster that he wants now because obviously three returners, three freshmen, you have a lot of room to bring in transfers that he believes to fit his play style, and I think it could really pay off. No, I think actually you're exactly right, Andrew. The fact that he has a blank slate, coaches oftentimes, they love the opportunity to basically create a team from scratch in a place that they're comfortable with. And that's what Mike has. He knows this place real well. He's been here for so long. And he basically does get to make the roster however he wants. He gets to make the coaching staff whoever he wants. And that will lead us to our next topic, which we're going to talk about after the break, which is the new assistant coaches that UMass has. But first, before we talk about that and before we go to break, this episode of UMass Women's Basketball Show is brought to you by The Quarters. Located just off Route 9 in the bike trail in Hadley, The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food menu, draft beers, and cocktails. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons the quarters also offers private events and the quarters is online at hadleyquarters.com and on instagram and facebook i haven't done that read in six <laughs> weeks weeks i still haven't memorized i know that'll be in my brain for forever but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right after this back right after this on episode 31 of the umass women's basketball show on wmua sports With so many people taking pain medications on a daily basis, doctors of chiropractic are reminding everyone suffering from pain from joints, muscles, ligaments, and tendons, as well as chronic pain that there is a proven, non-surgical, drug-free, natural approach to pain management. Chiropractic Care. Chiropractic provides pain relief without side effects and without over-the-counter medications. Visit your chiropractor and find one near you at masschiro.org. Oh no, I can't fit on the bus. How am I gonna make it to class? I make more room on the bus, man, and I'm going to get you to class. You in the front, take those backpacks off and hold them to free more space. And you, near the open seat, sit down and save some space. And you near the back, walk up those stairs and move all the way in. It's bus riding time. Oh my goodness, there's space for me and all my friends now. Thank you, make more room on the bus, man. Anytime, Voyager. And we had learned a song to say. Psst. We had all, hey, all uh, the my grandma's making cookies if you want to stay a little longer. No worries if you... You will? Ho, ho, ho. Oh, sweet. No one's ever and stayed this long. Hmm. What to do? What to do? Oh, if we're lucky, sometimes she'll let me watch Jeopardy past midnight. Hey, uh... There's this because book and bake sale on Saturday. I was thinking maybe we could... Oh, you will? Sweet. Consider joining this blossoming couple at Sunderland Congregational Church's book and bake sale on Saturday, May 6th from 9 to 2. Shh. This is my favorite part. Chocolate drops and the bonbons. I don't know if you know what bonbons are or not. They were candies. Hi, this is Steph Kalesha of the UMass women's basketball team. WMUA Sports has you covered for all your Minute Women basketball. Welcome back 
to episode 31 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show on the official radio network of UMass Women's Basketball WMUA Sports. Alongside Andrew White, my name is Jacob Munch. And the UMass Minutewomen have made some new coaching hires in the past couple of weeks. They hired two new assistant coaches, Yolanda Cole and Samara Marsh. And Andrew, when you look at those two additions to the coaching staff, I think the first thing that sticks out is their experience and just how long they've been coaching in the game. Yeah, they both bring, I think, 14 or more years of coaching experience from various levels, from D3, D1, D2. I think it's really cool to have that kind of experience, just the vast experience of it. Yeah. It's not all just D1. It, it, she, they have it from all levels. And the thing that I've noticed... I was just scrolling through the quote tweets of the mm. women's basketball announcement. It seems like, I don't know if these two already have a, a relationship together with each other coming into this, mm. but there's a lot of praise for the both of them from like individual accounts. So Jeremy Thompson, the head coach of the Monroe Express, which is right where I believe one of the coaches coached. I forget exactly which one. Marsh, Samara Marsh coached at Monroe College down in uh, New Rochelle, New York. I've mm, seen the facility yep. before. And he was praising the both of them. And I think that's really interesting to have. It seems like their paths have crossed before. And now they're obviously coaching together at UMass. And I'm very excited just to see how it all works out. Yolanda Cole recently at Hofstra and Samara Marsh at Manhattan, both coming from decent D1 level program so it's going to be really cool to see how they mesh and how it works out in the end yeah and you mentioned that marsh is from manhattan well manhattan they've had some good runs the last couple of years they were led by dd davis who we're going to see see more of here in the atlantic 10 dd davis transfer to rhode island so umass fans you better hope that Samara Marsh knows the scouting report on how to defend Dee Dee Davis to make sure she doesn't go off when UMass plays Rhode Island. But yeah, these two, they've both coached in the New England area before, which I think is very important. Yolanda Cole, her coaching career started at Central Connecticut State. So if you know how to recruit, and then she spent a lot of time at Sacred Heart. She was even promoted to associate head coach there for a year or so before she left for Hofstra. But if you can have experience recruiting in this area, I think it really helps because that's something UMass the past couple of years, to be honest, didn't do a great job of if recruiting in New England. There were famously no Massachusetts recruits on this year's current team, and they, they're they trying to, I think, get better at that. Yes, you had Galakulondi from New Hampshire, and you had a couple players from Connecticut, but the New England recruiting trail hadn't been blaze to Amherst as you thought it might be so having that experience I think is huge and it still applies a little bit for Samara Marsh as well while it's not technically New England like spending time at St. Peter's down in New Jersey at LIU Brooklyn like schools like that I think it's very helpful helpful Wagner as well and so if they're familiar with the Northeast I think it's great for UMass those hires with with coaches and people that know the area yeah, and Coach Leffler commented when they were brought in. He says, uh, Samara's enthusiasm for basketball and for her players was clear for from our first conversation, and that enthusiasm paired with her experience coaching and recruiting in New York and New Jersey are a perfect combination. I think that's really interesting because Philoxy 
specifically like the star from the New York area, but yep. a lot of New York area players last year, and it seems like Leffler wants to keep that going as well. Kind of the northeast corridor mm-hmm. of recruiting is what Leffler seems to be pushing in terms of freshmen, and she has a very big part of that. She was a recruiting coordinator at Wagner the season before Manhattan, so plenty of experience recruiting, which she's going to have to utilize a lot over the next couple months as they build their roster for next season. And it'll be very interesting to see just how like how they fit in the program. We've mentioned Mike kind of has to restart from scratch in a lot of aspects, whereas a couple members of the staff still around, Jess George, Sarah Shaw, just to name a few, both Marsh and Cole did not play collegiate basketball, which is something very interesting. I don't know if that really serves for anything of notice, but as you mentioned, Mike Leffler did not either. And so I think they have enough experience in the game, all three of them as a coaching staff, to know how to connect with players, to know how to connect with people. And Mike talked about this a lot in his first news conference as head coach, the importance of connections and making relationships. And I know personally I felt that. I just ran into him here at Blue Wall 10 minutes ago. He stopped and chatted for a while. Jess George was there as well. It was always great to talk with Jess. But like Mike sent me a call last week just like, hey, like here's myself. You ever want to – like building those relationships thing, I think that really means a lot. And I, Mike Leffler has been in this game a long time. I firmly believe in and trust like the coaching hires that he has made. I know – that Samara Marsh and Yolanda Cole are going to do very good things at UMass. Um, they know the game really well, and I think it's great for UMass get some new coaching blood in there and change things up a little bit. Yeah, and they just because they didn't play doesn't mean they weren't involved. They were both managers yep. for their schools. Um, it's St. Peter's for Samara Marsh. She was a manager of the program, and then Yolanda Cole at Michigan is the head manager, mm. which – I feel like people can kind of look past, but it's those managers are there every single day. Oh, They're yeah. watching the whole thing. The amount of information you intake during those practices, even if you're just standing there and watching, is clearly set them up very well. Now they're here, so I feel like their experience, just because it wasn't on the playing surface itself, is very valuable. Oh, no, I think you're exactly right. Managers have the nice perspective where... They tend to be around the same age as the players, so they can build that relationship with them. But at the same time, they also they get to oftentimes like be in the meetings, be in like the film rooms. They can hear the coaches will talk while they're around, so they get that double perspective, which I think is huge. And I know that all three are going to do well. And a big challenge for this coaching staff is going to be connecting with the players and making the players gel together. Which takes us to our next topic, Andrew, which is who UMass has had that is has committed to UMass. There are a few new transfers that are coming in. They've started trickling in as the last couple of weeks have gone along. Some transfers from P5 Power 6 schools, some transfers from other schools who played more minutes. You can look at previous season stats. You can look at previous season minutes, but it's always hard to know how players are going to do at a different school at a new level. But... I mean, frankly, UMass needs players, Andrew. It doesn't really <laughs> matter like who they are. At this point, you just need, like, you've got a lot of time still, but you need bodies. And I think it's very exciting to see 
that UMass has picked up a few in the transfer portal. Yeah, and I can go through them right now quickly. First, Ali Palmieri, the guard 5'10", out of most recently Seton Hall and originally Boston College. So a little Boston College connection there between yep. her and Coach Leffler. She, I believe she's had, she's had some injury troubles last season, if I do recall. So hopefully she can be healthy for this season and have a bigger impact. She'll be going into her junior year, I think. She's one of those players that you hope, like just lessening the conference difficulty a little bit, you hope that enables her to play consistently, blossom, and star because she didn't get a lot of minutes at Seton Hall at Boston College. It wasn't the easiest two years for her. And so I think maybe stepping down a little bit to the Atlantic 10 just gives her a great opportunity to blossom. And she, in high school, is the Gatorade Player of the Year in Connecticut, which is Mm. no small feat. And she averaged 24 points per game, eight rebounds, and four steals. Mm. Like, that's pretty crazy. And that was as a junior. And she's finalist for the National Player of the Year. So she's had the potential. It hasn't entirely translated. And if she did have the injury bug, that could be a big part of it. And that could end up being a huge steal for the Minute Women. And this n- the second new commit for the men and women, Germany Map, which is one of the best names, yes. I think, in women's college basketball. Germany with a J, though, and Map mm. with two Ps. So not exactly Germany Map. But she'll be transferring over from Hampton. It'll be her, she'll be going to her sophomore year. Six-footer out of South Carolina, guard. And she also did not see... A ton of minutes. 26 minutes per game is actually a relatively decent amount per game. Started 13 games. And she actually... Hampton had a very tough schedule as Mm. I I looked through it. Like Rutgers, James Madison, teams that were very good. She played very well in those games. I think it was very cool to see. She stepped up to the level of competition. Yeah. And I think she can make a huge leap this year. Obviously, I'm going to be... Mr. Positive about all these transfers. As, as we should <laughs> and, be. And I think everyone should be. She averaged seven points per game on five rebounds a game. And I think there's a lot of potential for her as a quick guard. And maybe she can make a really big impact. And all these transfers that are going to come in, it's going to be like, which one is going to make the step up? Yeah. And I, most – go ahead, Jacob. No, I think you're exactly right. Hampton – Maps former team plays in the CAA. That's a rather, it's a solid low to mid major school. Towson was the team in the WNIT out of the CAA. Delaware in the past has had a lot of good success. And we are going to welcome in another member to the UMass Women's Basketball Show. Hello, Josh Schreiber. We are discussing the new transfers UMass has gotten. We talked about the new assistant coaches a little earlier, but we've already talked on Paul Mary, and now we're Focusing on Germany Map, who is one of the coolest names, as we were saying, <laughs> in college basketball. When you look, Josh, at the transfers that UMass has gotten, I think part of what there's a lot of potential for them to grow and like fit in the system. UMass is a team that needs some height, and Map doesn't necessarily provide that to the fullest extent. But what excites you most about the transfers that UMass has locked in so far? I mean, first and foremost, Germany Map and Ali Palmieri, both of them have a little bit of eligibility left, so it's mm. not just going to be a one-and-done, ideally, um, for them. 
where they're going to be able to grow under Coach Mike Leffler, who has a history now of developing players and being very good at doing that. So so do the assistant coaches and Yolanda Cole and Samira Marsh. These are coaches that they're going to be focused on that player development aspect that I think is going to be, I want to say, more of a focus this year than it has been in many years just because of there's going the team is just so much different and there's going to be so much more opportunity for someone to come in and be that number one like there is still a number one available number two number three number four number five in terms of the options our main option returning to this team as we all know is Steph Kuleja who was probably the seventh option on last year's team she now becomes I guess kind of the first option, but with the transfer portal the way it is, there's a chance that we get some really some players that can come in and average 15 points per game and be that player um, in a new system that helps them. But you guys mentioned Germany, Matt mentioned Palmieri. The most recent one, as very recent really, as as of last night as we're recording this on Monday, but Bree Bellamy. Uh, the transfer from William and Mary, I believe she only has one more year of eligibility left, but I, I think she can be just like a very quality player in the front court where right now she is our pretty much our only forward. Germany Map is capable of playing forward. Um, you could argue Palmieri kind of can too, but not so much. I think that Bellamy is going to have to be essential if UMass wants to be competitive this year. And she's coming in. She's going to be the most experienced person, or one of yep. the most experienced. She's played four years. Uh, didn't play much 2020-2021. But just the leadership that she's going to bring, I think, is really important to this team. As she's She had a pretty good year, 7.5 points per game on six rebounds per game, and she shot around 50%. 46.8 from the field, not a three-point shooter in the slightest last season. But she she can show that she shot the ball decently. Her freshman year, she shot 30 31%, and she didn't make one last year, which is pretty odd. But there's a lot of questions that are going to go into this season that I think is the biggest thing. It's like the amount of unknowns. When we tip off the exhibition next season, is going to be Unreal, because yeah. like going into this season, we knew what was happening. It was a matter of, of if we made the tournament, if we made the national tournament or not. This year, it's who's going to step up, who's going to play out of their out of their expectations. I'm. It's going to be very interesting to see. I'm very excited just to see how it all plays out. Obviously, plenty of time until that turns out, but. A lot of questions. And I think Brie Bellamy has a chance to be one of those players who really steps up. One, because of her experience. Two, Mike Leffler at UMass has spent a lot of time working with post players. That's been his primary focus. And he has expanded the range of Angelique Alicoloni, McKenna White, and especially Sam Breen. But White and Breen got so good at taking mid-range jumpers. If Bellamy can shoot the way she did freshman year, and if Mike Leffler can instill confidence back in her in terms of shooting the mid-range, shooting from distance, I think that'll help a lot. Bellamy was named to the CAA All-Rookie team her her freshman year. 
So I think she has a real chance to finish up her college career here at UMass on a very positive note. And again, bring that leadership style that you guys are talking about to a UMass team that's going to be looking for it. Yeah, you're completely right, Jacob. And I think the main thing that I'm going to be looking for is not just the individual play of each of the of each of these new transfers, but not only the transfers, but also our returning players who may as well be transfers because we haven't really seen them play more than a couple minutes per game with the exception of Steph Kuleja. So I want to see what the change of culture is like. Are they going to have early in the season, I would expect them to have kind of a rotation. They are going to have played with each other a little bit before the season starts, obviously, Mm. because, you know, they're going to Croatia for that uh, foreign tour right uh, there. So they're going to have that experience, which I think will be very, right, over the summer, that I think will be very important. Um, And was so important to a team like Columbia, for example. They did it last year, um, and they ended up, going to the finals in the WNIT. So that team chemistry building aspect is so important, especially coming off three years where there was really no change, and that team had three years to work with each other and build that chemistry. There's going to be a very different vibe in the locker room next year just because of the change from Verdi to Leffler and just how different they are as people. And I don't think all this change is bad. I don't think it's all no. necessarily like sensational either. I think it's important, though. I used this analogy with you, Josh, last week. When you have like a river, and it's still, and it's not moving, the water is going to get dirty, cloudy, and it just won't be as clean. Whereas if you've got a river that's rushing smoothly, like there's constantly clean water. That's kind of how I feel about... like the culture a little bit in a clubhouse. If you got the same people for three years, great. You can build a bunch of relationships, etc. But sometimes you don't realize like stuff that may build up over time in there. And so to be able to get new people in to kind of shuttle through and change things up, I think that is really important. And it'll bring a fresh perspective. And the new coaches, Cole and Marsh, will have a role in the, in that for sure as well. But in a way, I think it's an extremely exciting oh, still yeah. remaining offseason for this program. Absolutely. And I think for us covering it, obviously, Jacob, you'll have graduated. Sorry to. Uh, I'll still be bring following. That I'll up. still be following. But us covering it, I think it's going to be a great just learning experience because obviously you get, you learn a lot from championship teams, but yeah. you also learn a lot from teams that are rebuilding and are building building new paths and just new ways to operate and it's going to be really fun to cover them next year because yeah. there's so many I, I just went on a little tangent about it but so many what ifs that it's just the and the schedule is going to be really interesting too mm-hmm. because how the minute women schedule their season because they're still in that uh um i believe the mid-season the cancun, tournament yeah the yeah. cancun cancun Man, I'm struggling. <laughs> uh, Cancun tournament, and those are some good, good teams. Yep. Maryland is no joke. They're going to be up there in the top ten again. So that's going to be a real big moment for the Minute Women. And if they can pull something together, they could be competitive in that game. But it's it's going to be impossible to tell until the season begins. But it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of moves left to be made. I think that's the big thing right there, Andrew. Is like. 
my message to UMass fans is don't stress yet. Like, I have full trust in Mike Leffler and the coaching staff. I think they are going to continue to hit the transfer portal. They're going to continue to get new recruits. One, because you have to, because right now you only have, what, nine players or whatever. But second, I really think this team is going to be okay. The Atlantic 10 was not particularly strong last year. We haven't seen much of anything besides Rhode Island. Loyola Chicago did have a couple moves, actually, this weekend, but they I think did, they lost Maya Chandler though, who was their best player last year. So exactly, I think the A10 is up for grabs, and I think UMass will be right there with a lot of the other Atlantic Ten schools. I firmly believe. I'm not worried about this team or this program. Like now that they're starting to build the foundation. All right, they hire a head coach. Now they hire assistant coaches. Now they're starting to get transfers. They're building the foundation, and I think they're going to be totally fine. And they brought in a couple of those transfers before the assistant coaches were signed. Mm. So that was all Leffler, clearly. And now you have the two other assistant coaches able to go out recruiting. And they have their connections as well. Yeah, exactly. so the just the, the pool just got a lot bigger yep. for the Minute Women. And there's, yeah, there's still max six roster spots still up for grabs. If they, can go, if they go all the way up to that 15 number, they very never really touched that number he kept it around 13 Mm -hmm. and then there was played eight (laughs) yeah yeah 13 on the roster six playing but yeah yeah. (laughs) but i'm very excited i just keep saying it i'm very excited for what's to come and we're not we haven't even talked about in this episode or at least while i've been here (laughs) we haven't even talked about the the freshmen that are coming in and i think specifically aaron battle and dallas pierce can have huge impacts next season just as scores, because this team is kind of missing a pure score. They have a lot of good, like, solid players. I think that Palmieri has the best chance of the transfers to be a pure score just because of her shooting ability. I talked to one of my friends who goes to Seton Hall and is a manager for the men's team, I think it is, and he was talking about how he has watched her shoot in the gym, and she just never misses. It's just <laughs> unbelievable to watch. And it, when he said that, I was just like, Oh, okay. Is this could this be a Sydney Taylor replacement? Like I, I know we're probably not going to find a Sydney Taylor again, or at least in a long time. But hey, the game is growing. Maybe we'll with with some coaching and some actual opportunity to play. Palmieri could become that. Yeah, and Josh, you mentioned some of the like freshman recruits as well. I think we and the UMass community are sleeping on Chenenye Odin. Odenigbo, oh, definitely. Like, I think she could be really good. The her height and her potential. She's six five, six six or so, and that gives UMass a whole different dimension that they haven't had the past three, four years, really since the Maeve Donnelly era, if you can call it an era. Also, she's a Massachusetts kid. That's huge as well when establishing local connections. She was a first team Bay State Conference All Star. Like, I think. People are sleeping on her, and I think she's going to be a real good addition as well. Um, It's a little hard to be flashy when you're a post player. As a guard, you can be much more flashy. It looks better on the Twitter highlights. Well, it's also, (laughs) there's uh, not a lot of highlights. There's not a whole lot of film for Odenegbo, which is, I think, part of the reason why there's not as much hype, just because, at least for me, I've been able to find a lot of videos of Dallas Pierce and Aaron Mm -hmm. Battle, and we've heard a lot about them on Twitter. Um, So... You know, typically it takes a little while for 
some of those post players to develop, especially in the A10 where it's a pretty physical conference and very athletic, conference, very athletic sure. conference. Exactly. And from everything I've seen of Odin Egbo, I absolutely agree with you. She can be that physical presence down low and that athletic presence down low. It's just a matter of getting her in the gym with Leffler and this coaching staff and seeing what they could do. Cause I I'm sure they're chomping at the bits waiting to work with her. You can't teach six five. No, exactly. That height is like you don't see many other players in the women's college basketball area that are over six five, and especially not at the Atlantic in the Atlantic Ten. It seems like all the like six 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 seven players are going to like yeah. South Carolina or whatever because you kn- they understand how valuable that height is, and like you said, Josh Leffler being so good with bigs that she could turn into an absolute presence in the paint on the defensive and offensive end, just using her height. And there's a lot to come. I What I'm really interested to see in terms of the last spots on the roster is where they come from. Because right mm. now, Seton Hall, William & Mary, and Hampton, so two mid-majors and a power six school. But, I mean, Seton Hall wasn't incredible last year they were decent but it's going to be really interesting see if they can pull in a power five level player like a player from the acc yeah. or some uh, some player that was recruited yeah. very highly gabriel recruited very highly and then kind of didn't play that much and wanted a better opportunity because that's where you can pull those elite scores is maybe a person who was a freshman or a sophomore didn't play too much their first two years. With Allie Palmieri, this is the exact same thing that happened. Like I, I mentioned earlier, 24 points per game in high school and hasn't really done too much in her college career. She has the opportunity to be one of those scorers. And just people that – players that need just those minutes on the floor to just grow and go, I think it's a big thing. The minutes they get, if they can capitalize on that, that's, that's my thought is where these players come from because – those power five levels, they are legit. Oh, yeah. Anything else before we wrap up this episode? I don't think so. I I just want to see who all of our players are. Like, every yeah. <laughs> every second of the day, I feel like I'm checking, like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Please, someone, someone. And I'm, like, kind of not forgetting, but, like, not accounting for the fact that it is May 1st and there's still <laughs> so much time. Patience. <laughs> but I just want it all to happen immediately and just to see who some of our players are and just do all of the scouting available, yeah. trying to figure out, oh, who's going to be the next Sam Breen? Who's going to be the next Sidney Taylor? Who's going to be the next Destiny Philoxy? Like, that's the Those part are three players. It's very hard to replace. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, I'm not saying that they can replace them necessarily, but to continue on that legacy and make keep UMass up at the level where they have been the past few years, instead of going back into the dark days like we were what at the beginning of Verdi's tender tenure. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think they're they're going to do well. There's more players. The news is going to come out like as the weeks and months go by. I feel confident UMass will have a rather full roster, a rather talented roster, and I think they'll be all good there. 
This episode 31 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show is brought to you by The Quarters. Located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley, The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food menu, draft beers, and cocktails. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters offers private events and is online at hadleyquarters.com, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 31 of the UMass women's basketball show for Josh Schreiber and Andrew White. My name is Jacob Munch, and we'll likely have one more women's basketball show by the end of the semester, so stay tuned for that. But for now, have a great day. Enjoy your Monday and enjoy your week, and thanks for listening to the UMass women's basketball show. Hi, this is Steph Kalesha of the UMass women's basketball team. WMUA Sports has you covered for all your Minute Women basketball.